Welcome again to the Intentional Family Podcast. I'm Rachel Schmitz, joined by my co-host, Mike Schmitz. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. I'm excited to talk about family core values today and why they've been important in our own family's life and how we came about creating them. So, Mike, would you like to introduce us to what family core values are and why they're important? Sure. Uh, I guess this was kind of instigated by me back in the day because I was studying the value of core values and kind of like a mission for your company or organization and kind of realized that this totally applies to your family too. And the principle here is that core values are the things that make you keep going in the right direction. So in the day-to-day, you can kind of lose sight of what the right way to go is. But when you have the core values to measure against, it kind of recenters you. I like to think of this as like a hedge maze or in Wisconsin here, a corn maze, like we do with the, the kids every fall when we go to the uh, the, the little farmer, yep. right? Yep. Yeah, they have this big corn maze. And I remember the first couple of years that we went, the littlest ones were kind of intimidated to even go in it because the corn is towering over their heads and they get in there and they can't figure out how to get out. You know, it can be kind of scary. Fortunately, they've got their dad with them. (laughs) And uh, I remember the first time we did it that there's this platform in the middle. So you're like halfway through this big corn maze and you go up in this platform and then you can see the exit. And when you can see the exit, when you get up above the, the corn maze, you see the exit, you can pick a point near the exit like a big tree or something. And then you just keep that in your field of view. As long as you're moving towards the tree, you can know that you're moving towards the exit. You're moving towards the goal where you want to end up. And so that's kind of what core values do when you're in the in the actual maze and you don't have the ability to get above and outside your situation to see what the right thing to do is. The core values can make sure that you are moving in the, the right direction. And uh, we want to do that as a, a family. And so we kind of thought about what kind of family do we want do we want to have that's kind of where this whole intentional family theme comes from is it's not an accident we want to make sure that we have relationships with our kids when they get older and they have to deal with some tougher situations and choices that they have to make that they feel comfortable talking to us about stuff so we need to make sure we're moving in the right direction so that we have that platform when the time comes yeah and just remembering that corn maze you go down one path and the corn is way above your head. And so it's very much similar to each day of our lives. The The things that we have on our to-do list or the things surrounding us, the distractions that are around us are much taller and greater than us. And so it's very easy to kind of get trapped and think you're at a dead end or think you just don't know the way out or you'll just never get to the desired end. So that platform, when you reach that at different points, it's a elevated view to really get a good look at your life and to not get so sucked in the day to day. And I'm sure you have heard many people say, this goes so fast, enjoy them while they're young. And when your kids are young, you're in the middle of it going, oh my gosh, enjoy what some days, you know, (laughs) sometimes it's really crazy. But what they're saying- not having to clean up poop today. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. So- I mean, it's it does go really fast. And so what the core values does is it 
it's a chance to really have that elevated view and look at where you want to end up, where you want your kids to end up as adults, what kind of people you want them to be, and to design your own life, design your day-to-day, design your habits around reaching that goal. And one of the ways that I have articulated, and it's nothing super spectacular, but how I want my children to be when they're older is I want others to enjoy being around them. And I want them to feel comfortable in their own skin. And I feel like what that does is if they're comfortable in their own skin, that means they're confident, they're okay with who they are, they're okay if they're different than other people. And don't you like being around people that are confident, that know who they are and they're okay with it and aren't trying to be someone else? Yep. It's for, I mean, we kids have great discernment, but we do too if we let ourselves. And the people that I love most being around are those that are very genuine to who they are. Authentic. Authentic, yep. And so I guess that hopefully gives you an idea of why core values are important and possibly how to go about framing them and forming them. So, because it can be jump a little, in here yeah. real, real quick and just mention that you need to think about these things before you actually need them. By the time you are in the corn maze, and, like if you are on that platform and you have the opportunity to pick your your point in the horizon and, and move towards it, but you don't, and then you get back in the corn maze, you try to grab onto something, you'll probably grab onto the wrong things. So, you need to get outside your situation escape the craziness of the day-to-day and think about these things and really land on these things. And I would say for a family, you have to be in agreement about these things, otherwise it's never going to work. Yeah, uh, Because you have to establish them before you need them. And then when, you've, when you do that and you practice these things and you have a constant reminder, like, like we do, we've got, a, uh, got them framed and hanging in our, our living room wall. <laughs> yeah. And I've seen other families that have done that too. I think that's awesome. Um, so you think about these things and choose them. They can change, you know, don't be afraid to choose the wrong things, but do spend some time thinking about these things before you, uh, you find yourself in the, in the midst of the, the, the corner or the fire, whatever, you know, that's the time when you need to have those things established, but you won't know that you don't have it established until you realize that you have nothing to, to fall back on. Yes. And then especially in a like marriage relationship, for example, like for my husband and I, we were both raised in very different homes. And so if you just go on those defaults and how you were raised yourself, you're going to come up with very different views and ways of doing things. So another thing, another benefit of articulating what your family core values are is that you come together in agreement And where there's agreement, there's power, there's unity, and there's blessing. And so when we're pulling in different ways, we can't pull very far or much without getting exhausted. But when we're pulling together, it's really powerful. And I'm sure you, you, maybe you've heard this before, but there is the idea of a two-horse rule. Do you want to share that? (laughs) Sure. So the two-horse rule basically is that if you have two horses and they can pull certain weights. Let's say horse one can pull 300 pounds, horse two can pull 150. So you don't, when they are pulling together, when they are in alignment, it's not the sum total. It's not that they can pull 450 pounds. There's actually a force multiplier there. And so the story goes that they can actually pull more like 900 pounds and the math can be debated, but the principle definitely applies. And I'll just, I'll just say that in our experience, 
there have been times when we haven't been intentional about picking the direction. What? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's really the idea of the core values yes. is that you've always got a North Star that you can fall back on, but it's it's easy when it's crazy to just look at the thing that needs to be done right now, the thing that is screaming for your attention the loudest, the thing that is urgent. Maybe it's not important, but doesn't matter. You can't see it right at, at that particular moment. So you just do what you think needs to be done. And if you never check back against what is the map or the plan that we're following as a family, it's easy to just start pulling in different directions. Anytime that we don't communicate for more than a couple days, probably <laughs> about what we're doing for the week or the day or what our goals are and what we want to be doing and accomplishing as a family, we end up just naturally talking about defaults, pulling in those different directions. And so what happens then is the force multiplier is not not only gone, but if I'm pulling one direction and you're pulling another direction, it actually makes everything harder. <laughs> yeah. And every person on the planet is born naturally um, selfish. And so especially in a family, you have to be very uh, proactive and intentional about being in unity and being selfless and communicating constantly. And another point that we wanted to kind of talk about at the foundation of this whole thing is that what uh, Eisenhower said once was, plans are worthless, but planning is everything. That means we just need to be adaptable Love that and we, we need to adjust as we go along. So as we mentioned, you can come up with some core values and maybe down the road, one of them shifts or you come across some new insight or revelation that you're like, oh my gosh, this has to be part of our core values. Well, by all means, change them. You know, yep. they're not set in stone. And there's seasons where maybe one of your children is going through something and they need more time with each of you. They need um, a different plan. We just have to always be adjusting and repairing and helping each of our the members of our family to be the best they can be. Yep, definitely. Uh, that Eisenhower plan, uh, the quote, plans are worthless of planning is everything. Really the takeaway from this is that the time that you spend planning applies the intentionality. What it allows you to do is kind of let go of the pressure in the moment to make sure that you're doing the right thing because you've thought about it ahead of time and you have a plan. And yes, your plan may not work, but that's the beauty of it is you get to make a new plan. You get to learn from your mistakes and you get to try again. Just keep going back to the drawing board and, and keep picking a new plan and don't worry about failing because everybody is going to, especially as a parent, maybe, um, that you're going to fail lots of times, but it's it's okay. Like You're going to make mistakes. We kind of talked about that in another, another episode that uh, I make mistakes all the time, but I also admit that I'm wrong and I say that I'm sorry. <laughs> and that creates the the platform that allows my kids to give me the, the grace that I need to to make adjustments and to, to try again. I think a lot of parents maybe are, are worried about that, that they have to be perfect because they think that they're under a microscope and their kids are going to nitpick every little thing that they do wrong. Well, they will if you don't admit that you ever that you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. But if you say, you know, this is where I think we should go and then you reevaluate and say, well, I guess I missed it. I guess we should be trying this other thing instead. I would argue that your kids will actually respect that. So, don't be afraid of picking the wrong plan. Just make sure that you have a plan. Because if you've not done this before, what it does is, like I said, it, it frees you up. It, it's like a big 
for me anyways, a mental burden that is gone because you don't have to constantly be scanning the horizon for, oh, is that the thing that I really should be doing? You've settled it in your mind ahead of time and that allows you to, to let go and to just be in the moment. Yes. And if we want to pass on perfectionism and beating ourselves up, then we should never admit that we're wrong in front of our children. <laughs> but I would say if you think of it that way, I'm sure that's not what you want to pass along. Right. So when we're more transparent, when it's appropriate with our children, then they measure themselves differently. They won't beat themselves up so hardly when they harshly when they do mess up or when they make a mistake. And by all means, we all make mistakes and we don't want to, we don't want to beat ourselves up. We don't want them to beat themselves up because we're stuck stagnant when we're in that state and we need to be constantly growing and improving. And what that requires is humility from everyone and willingness to forgive and to ask for forgiveness and to keep going and to believe the best in one another. Right. So I guess to get started with family core values, if you've done mind mapping, that's a really great tool where you have your center idea, like family core values in the middle, and then you just start as you think of things, just whatever comes to the top of your mind, you just start jotting it down and branching off. Uh, and then you could do that separately as a couple and then come together and start highlighting what the similarities are or what stands out as the most important that's one idea. And uh, there, um, there's a lot of ways to just kind of start brainstorming. But uh, I, we found that mind mapping is really, really helpful. Yep. And then what we did is we got away for an overnight. Grandma watched the kids. We went to a hotel. The next morning went to a coffee shop and basically spent all morning talking about the, the things that we had thought about separately and kind of combining those into a, I think the original document, because I am a nerdy business person, was Schmidt's family standard operating procedures. I couldn't do that. I was like, <laughs> no. <laughs> but uh, what we did is we worked backwards talking about what we wanted our family to look like and then uh, what the, what we needed to do in order to get there. So, the core values are a part of this and they kind of drive this desired outcome. Maybe we should share the core values first just to give people some examples. Sure. Okay. So number one, and these are our core values. So identify your own, absolutely, but these are ours. Number one, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Number two, give selflessly by finding the need and meeting it. Number three, lead courageously and always stand for the truth. Number four, impact the culture and leave your own legacy. And number five, determined to be different and don't settle for average. Yes. And if you remember us articulating what kind of adults we want our children to grow into, being comfortable in their own skin and being confident and others enjoying being around them, you can see that these core values, when done right, will definitely produce those types of people. Yep. And just real briefly, like how we live these out, uh, it's kind of cool now having had these for several years, I can look at kind of how our day-to-day -day has been impacted by these. We are at church almost every day. When not in a quarantine. <laughs> yeah, when not quarantine. <laughs> uh, with the different ministries and things that we are involved in. And uh, there are a lot of people who think that we're overboard with that. But it's number one in our core values list. So it just naturally feels like the right thing to do. Uh, number two, give selflessly by finding the need and, and meeting it. We are very involved with the outreach ministry at our church, 
And uh, we've had people tell us who don't go to our church that they're always amazed at the amount of people that we're able to impact and the the number of people we're able to serve based on the size of our church. Because our church isn't very big. It's maybe 150 people you know, on a, on a good Sunday, <laughs> but we do outreaches where there's 500 kids there, <laughs> you know? So that's, that's cool, uh, to look back and see how that is, is guiding us to, and then, uh, lead courageously, always stand for the truth, impact the culture, leave your own legacy, determined to be different. Don't settle for average. These are kind of all related a little bit. Uh, the core thing here is that we're not going to just do what everybody else does. That's why we homeschool. That's why if you call our kids a nerd, they'll say thank you. <laughs> you know, it's they they recognize and it's cool to see it in them, not because we're trying to just like repeat it over and over again, but I, I believe they actually do get this, that there's a certain way that society will tell you to do things, but there is also a better way. And you don't have to just go along with what everybody else is doing. You should learn to think for yourself and see things for what they really are and choose for yourself what the best path forward is. So we don't let the people who say, oh my gosh, you're crazy. You're homeschooling five kids. That voice just doesn't ring very loudly in our our heads because of these core values. Quietly some days, but don't let it take (laughs) root. Correct, correct. All right. So those are our core values. And then uh, just real briefly, the desired outcomes. We talked about this a little bit already, but uh, we have actually in the document that we created, number one, we want to have an awesome marriage where we put each other first. And we tell our kids all the time, like, mommy's my favorite. Daddy's my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And an awesome relationship with each of our kids where we have a platform to speak in their lives and they feel comfortable talking to us about anything. So we want to develop in our kids And again, this is a bullet list, a love for lifelong learning through a growth mindset, the ability to be empathetic and see other people, the confidence to be successful whenever, whatever they choose to do, and the ability to be comfortable in their own skin. Then we've got a section on how do we get there? These are the things that we want to make habits so that we can achieve our desired outcome of incredible relationships. Now, right there, there's probably a whole episode just in in this, but we've got the outcome that we want to work towards, but that outcome, just identifying it is not enough. You've got to do the little things consistently in order to get there. So the way to do that is through habits. And that is true whether you have a family or whether you are an individual trying to accomplish a goal. Goals are dumb (laughs) (laughs) because goals don't create the motivation to keep going. Everybody's got the same goal. If you hear an interview with the the person who makes the game-winning shot in the NBA championship, they always say something like, well, we had a goal. We worked hard all year. We knew we were going to get here, yada, yada, yada. But what about the other 31 teams in the league? Didn't they have the same goal to win the championship? Yeah, they did. So the goal is not the thing that gets you across. It's the the habits. You got to put forth the effort. Yes. And a big part of habits is designing your space to prompt you to actually achieve the results you want, to actually uh, cue to do the habit. And so having our core values framed in a picture, we don't necessarily look at it every day, but having it up there is just a a family statement saying this is who we are and who we want to become. And so breaking down our core values into habits that we could do regularly as a family just helped us actually make traction, turn the right corners and do the right things to actually achieve that. And so 
there's a lot of details here, but I think for now we will go through some of the the list of the regular routines and habits that we have developed. So some of these aren't currently happening as regularly due to the sheltering in place and quarantine stuff. But uh, one of them is family meetings once a week. So currently this is just uh, Mike and I having, when we have a date night, basically, we also do what we call a family meeting, which sounds super boring and businessy, but it's basically a way for us to check in in a very intentional way and actually talk about the things we need to talk about. And then we always wrap it up with gratitude. Yep. So I don't want to get into the specifics of that because I think there's a whole episode oh, in that. Yeah, for so sure. We'll unpack the family meeting in another another episode. But yeah, yeah. that's kind of the thing that we use to make sure that we're moving in the same direction and that we're still in alignment. Yes. And then we make a point to have a date night once a week. Um, We haven't done it once a week since the uh, quarantine time, but we have had a few. And our oldest is 12 and a half and very eager to babysit his siblings. And they actually do a really fantastic job. So, But his siblings are a little bit more crazy, shall we say. And if they ever realized that they could gang up on (laughs) <laughs> right they would quickly overrun the overrun him <laughs> but for now we are just in the basement during our date nights and the kids are upstairs so we can still hear them but so what we we do try and do that because it's very important for us to have that time together and then another thing you could you could argue that this is kind of a version of that because the date night and the recording for intentional family the toastmasters meetings that we do stuff like that it all happens in the same place at the moment. It's We go in my office and we lock the door. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yep, it's true. And then um, when we can travel, well, not that we go far, but we try, our goal is to have an overnight once a month. So that means like we leave the house for an overnight and we rent to like a hotel or something. And we have like a grandma or someone come and watch the kids overnight. And that is just, that tw- it's, usually about 24 hours, which doesn't seem like, well, you know, you know, probably costs about 200 bucks total between getting the hotel room and getting some food and stuff. But we have found that that's been money very well spent because that 24 hours is so effective in just connecting and having a reprieve and not constant interruptions where you can actually have long conversations. Yep. And just even just a a chance to get some extra rest even is very awesome. So those are like foundational and those have really helped our family just stay steady. Yep. Another thing that's been really great is a getaway or think away time, thinking time, think away time, <laughs> thinking time for Mike. This is about I, I quarterly. Call it a, I call it a personal retreat. Yes. And I've got a, a whole course that I created on the framework that I use. Yeah, it's awesome. It's really good. <laughs> uh, it's fairly straightforward. It's basically built on the 12-week year framework where you do identify the goals that you want to achieve for the quarter but then you break it down into the habits that you're going to do that are going to get you there. Intentional family was one of the the goals for my personal retreat at the beginning of the year. And so that was kind of the result of this framework and the planning that went with that. Uh, It's really about reflecting on what has happened and then planning for the future. And the majority of the effort, though, is reflecting on what has happened. 
and we use a couple of questions here. We also use them in the uh, in the um, family meeting, where basically, like, what went well? What could have gone better? What do I what do I want to change? Like those types of questions. What should I start and stop doing? That's a big one. I always make sure that I pick one thing to stop doing to create space and margin for something else that should take its place, like the intentional family, for example. If I don't stop doing things ever, then this doesn't this doesn't happen. Um, and that is something that I get away for at least a day. And uh, people, when I when I tell them about this, they usually say something like, well, that's great that your wife lets you do that. <laughs> but we've kind of, we've, we try to build in the buffer for you to do this sort of thing too. Like later on on this list, we've got the, the boys meeting, we call it. Now it's boys in Adelaide, I guess. But uh, we would go up to Door County for a, on a Friday to a Saturday and you would be alone. And that maybe doesn't happen quite as often as the the getaway thinking time for for me once a quarter, but we do try to balance that out. Yeah, actually, the times we've done it, it's been me and Adelaide, which was super fun having a daughter now. And now she's getting older, too, where we could do even more together in those times. And uh, yeah, I was actually, I was shocked at how within 30 minutes, I think of the boys all leaving the house. I just sat on a chair and took a deep breath and I'm like, wow, <laughs> this was effective already. Yep. And I, you know, I love my boys. I love my husband, but there is value in changing the atmosphere, changing what's going on and having a little separation as well. Having space and time to just think. It's amazing to me the clarity that comes when you have that time to just think. And in fact, with my my thinking time, my personal retreats, Usually, I get up there and I ask these questions and a bunch of stuff ha- comes to the surface right away. But kind of the the beauty and the value of this personal retreat is that you just sit in that space and you just marinate basically and let more stuff come because right away in the first half hour, you'll get a bunch of things. But if you wait till like hour two, hour three, you'll get a bunch more and that's where the real gold is. Those are the things that are really the the important things. Yeah, and I th- I think that thinking time is very undervalued because our the fast pace that we live in and how many distractions with technology that there are, our brains are constantly, constantly firing and going so fast and we're always running around. And maybe you have found through the last, what, 60 days for us anyway, where you're basically forced to, I don't want to say forced, but... We're supposed to stay home to uh, not spread this thing and all that. But what we have found is that has given the space and the time to just relax. And when in that state of relaxing and resting, there is so much clarity because your mind can actually unwind and you can unravel all that's going on and get a lot of clarity. Yep. Let's run through a few more of these things in this list and then talk about maybe how these have changed since we've been in in quarantine. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Yeah, there's a a one-on-one with daddy once a week. Normally, uh, Mike will take turns taking the boys out for coffee and some games. Well, they they won't get coffee (laughs) yet. (laughs) Uh, So that's really fun. They really enjoy that time. So one, one child a week trading off. And then we try and do a field trip and a family outing once a month. Uh, So building in field trips, obviously, since we homeschool, 
And then family outings being more just like fun types of things. Like it doesn't necessarily have to be like going to a movie or anything like that, but just being intentional about going and doing something different as a family out of the house. And so another thing that's been really good is being intentional about us personally having coffee with a friend once a week, ideally. I might what it looks like for me being that I homeschool is there's a coffee shop called Fireside Cafe in our area where it's super family friendly. It's very big space. They have an indoor playground and an outdoor playground. So what I will do is I'll either go there by myself once in a while if I if no one's available. Otherwise, I'll ideally meet another mom and her kids and our kids will just play and we'll actually be able to have a conversation. So that's usually what coffee with a friend looks like for me. And then Mike uses a scheduler and then if you have people, if he has people, friends or um, business people that want to have coffee with them, he just kind of sends that out and does one of those a week, has a slot open for that. Although it doesn't happen as often as... It should probably. <laughs> yeah. I tend to be more of the introverted person who just wants to get their work done and then go be with my family. You want to go hang out with other people. Yes, I do. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, true. Yes. So uh, another thing we like to do is, um, like we mentioned, we are at church a lot normally. And one thing I do during the week, being that I can... I have more flexibility is I actually just bring the children to church once a week, usually for a few hours, and we just play or we talk to the staff or sometimes we help with something. And so that's just really fun to get out of the house, but it's really been neat for our children to connect with um, the people that we want in their life as they grow older. And they absolutely, they love going. So we can't wait till we can do that again. (laughs) Um, Normally we go to the gym regularly. Which, you know, that looks different too. <laughs> yeah. So this this one, I think, like coffee with a friend is maybe more important for you because you are wired that way to connect with other, other people. And I'm more introverted, so that one doesn't quite resonate as much with me. This one, I think, is probably the opposite where you could take it or leave it, but it's super critical <laughs> for me. If I don't get to the gym, if I don't work out, every day pretty much then i feel it's hard to explain wonky yeah something is off i feel lethargic i feel like i can't think straight so even just planning even if i go to the gym later in the day or i go for a run later in the day knowing that that's coming up it's something that i look forward to and it's almost it almost has like a meditative effect on me. It keeps me centered. It keeps me calm. So this is something that's really important to me. And uh, during quarantine, even though we can't go to the gym, I've had to rejigger this, but this has been one of the things that I've prioritized is getting outside every single day. I have been biking or running and uh, I'll, I've got some weights and I'll, I'll lift occasionally too, but that's kind of been the, the priority because getting outside helps me out a lot emotionally. Yeah. So, um, just an example, I guess, of how these things can evolve. And then also you can pick these for your family and then express them kind of different ways. Yeah, that's good. I like it. And replacing, you know, coffee with a friend or some of those social types of things. We have dinner with friends once a month. We have meeting with other homeschoolers once a month or once a week, rather. We tried to do FaceTime every day with someone, not necessarily happening every day, but 
that's been really cool. It's been like, oh, wow, why didn't we do this earlier? There's yep. been people we've connected with that we haven't in a while. And so just taking advantage of the technology that we have before us. Prior, um, prior to that, though, how this looked, meet with other homeschoolers. We joined Classical Conversations. We talked about that is in person yeah, once a week. Yeah, every Tuesday. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then the dinner with friends. We not only did this where one of our date nights, uh, our date nights are typically Tuesday nights, ended up being getting dinner with uh, with another couple. But we also started right before quarantine uh, this habit of a kibitz, which we should probably unpack in another episode too, because there's a lot there. But basically having some other couples come over to our house, we even bought like new furniture for our living room so we could facilitate this stuff. We kind of have themes for the year and my themes for this year were rest and relationships. <laughs> so forced rest of the last 60 days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that part we've got down, <laughs> but the relationships have been uh, a little bit more difficult because everything that we know changes and that doesn't mean it can't be done. doesn't mean that it won't, won't happen again. But right before this, we did actually host our first kibitz, which was us having a couple of families over, having meals, and then intentional conversation. So not just hanging out, shooting the breeze. Yeah, we actually had a a, a question that we had chosen beforehand that yep. we posed, and that was a conversation that we had, and it was really, really awesome. Yep. But this was something that we were, I would give us high marks on, <laughs> basically, uh, how we were, were doing it. And again, like, this is all flexible. You don't have to copy everything that we did. You don't have to have a kibitz just because the Schmitzes do. But these are all, like, Lego building blocks that you can use to create your own intentional family. So we're just sharing some examples. Yep. And I guess the other thing I thought of was we can't do the fun family outing. We can't do the field trip and all that right now. We had to cancel our trip to Florida because that's when this all started. And so our children learned a lot about disappointment and they did an awesome job dealing with that. But I also want to say that I was able to plan a super awesome, amazing Star Wars day because our kids love Star Wars, right? (laughs) So that was May 4th. You know, May the 4th be with you if you're a Star Wars fan out there. And so I planned all of our meals that were like Star Wars themed foods. My son Joshua picked out from our Star Wars cookbook all the things (laughs) he wanted me to make. I worked like a dog. I was like, this is exhausting. And But it was awesome. It was totally worth it. And our oldest son, Toby, who has tons of Star Wars Lego sets, he set them up all over the house. He had all these other Star Wars memorabilia things to decorate with. Yeah. Like It was all Star Wars upstairs. And, and we watched Star Wars all day. And it's the kind of thing that they're going to remember forever. So, so, yeah. I mean, there's things we can replace. You know, there's we can get really creative with it. And uh, give them something really fun to remember and look forward to and create memories. And that's kind of the point, you know, the coming back to the core values and the desired outcomes. So we just went through like all the specific stuff that we did prior to being quarantined. Now we can't leave the house. Obviously, all of this stuff changes. I have not had a one-on-one since we have been quarantined, but we have done a ton of stuff as a family. So the goal doesn't change. The core values don't change. What we're trying to create doesn't change, but the methods do. 
but the things that we've done instead are still in alignment with those core values and they're still moving us towards that desired outcome. So I don't have to feel bad about not being able to do the one-on-ones. Because yeah, because you'll play ping pong, you'll shoot hoops, you exactly. know, we'll play board games. We play board games every single night, which by the way, if, you, if you're talking about how do you get your kids more well-adjusted, able to deal with failure, stuff like that, board games are a great way to do that because yeah. you have a set set parameters or rules that everybody plays by and they're not always going to win. So they have to learn how to deal with failure, deal with disappointment when they don't win. And uh, I think that's that's a really safe and a really good way to teach kids those lessons, even though they maybe don't realize that that's what they're learning when you do it. Yeah, it's awesome. So hopefully today you were inspired to go ahead and create your own, your own family core values. And if you have already, hopefully you're inspired with some new ideas and how to create habits to reach those goals with your family. And with that, we'd like to talk. Oh, you have one more Sorry. thing. Yeah, one more, one more thing. I'll just say that after you think through your core values and then get, find a way to get them in front of your face all the time <laughs> and your family too. So we have a friend who is a talented graphic designer. He did the logo for the Intentional Family. He did the logo for my faith-based productivity stuff. He's done the logo for the Bookworm podcast that I do. He also created a manifesto type graphic for us for the, the core values. And then we had it printed, framed, it's hanging on our living room wall. And you could absolutely do your own thing. But I think that that was a small investment in the big scheme of things. It looks good. It's not something that we just like printed off and stuck on the wall. And I think that that adds more weight to the core values because it's something that we've invested in and it looks nice. It's not just something we we scribbled out. Maybe I'm not doing a very good job of explaining this, but the fact that it like it looks professional and it's on our wall, it does something inside of me anyways when I look at it where it's like, yes, we cared enough about these to make it look professional. And so it's kind of proof to yourself that you should take these more seriously. Yeah, so you can find us at intentionalfamily.fm. And until next time, join us in living life intentionally and making progress on creating your own family core values.